It's Autumn and Winter Podcast. Hello, folks. This is Anna. And this is Morella. And today we're continuing with the topic of ageism, and we've got two lovely guests, Trilby and Charlene. So, ladies, welcome. Thank you. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, how you're related to the film industry, your interests, your passions. Okay. Well, thank you for having me here today. Um, My name is Charlene Lutke. I am BC born and raised. I have been in and out of the acting industry probably since my early 20s. I um, got involved with doing my own film work through BC Women in Film, uh, both taking a program called Flash Forward and coaching it as well, where we actually made our own short film. It was actually written, directed, and produced by a gal some of you might know, Michelle Muldoon. Oh, yeah. Yes, I've done the 24-hour film festival. I have done a short film for myself for Rick Mercer. (laughs) <laughs> I think there might be a restraining order against me, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I do voiceover as well. And um, yeah, just happy to be here today and, and speak on ageism because in about three weeks, I will be 59 years young. Wow. Well, mm, you look congrats. great. Thank congrats. You. It's nice. Thank you. And Trilby? Thank you for having me here as well, Anna and Morella. I started... The, my life in the entertainment industry, I'm going to say that, because I cover both backstage, behind the scenes, and acting. So I came to it when I was 17 from theater in Prince Edward Island at the Confederation Center and learned that I wanted to act. So I ended up studying uh, theater school in Quebec City for three years in my mm. second language, French, which was really right. a yeah. Yeah, great, great uh experience and challenge and uh, so I've ended up uh, juggling both costuming and acting my pretty much my entire life so I work in the film industry as a as a costumer I'm an IATSE 891 member and I sometimes get in front of the camera as well Mm. so that's uh, that's kind of my background um, in a nutshell so Morella quite well-rounded both ladies Mm mm-hmm wonderful yeah, wonderful so, guest. Indeed. So, topic of ageism. Mm-hmm. So, how would you define it, Charlene? To me, ageism is definitely uh, the ideology of a prejudice. And in our industry specifically, I think we deal with it on different levels. I have seen and experienced it racially, uh, sexual gender and for people with disabilities it can be patronizing and somewhat damaging Mm -hmm. so 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 i think in general right now we're looking at it in a negative context okay so so your definition is discrimination yes okay what about you toby i think my own personal meaning of ageism would be lack of respect, lack of seeing, lack of, of acknowledgement of a person, no matter, you know, what their age is, but because somebody sees somebody with wrinkles and, and uh, white hair and maybe moving a little slower, maybe not necessarily, um, maybe that's even ageism, what I just said, you know, um, I'm 57, and what's in 
my mind is 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 a <laughs> I've got a lot of youth still in my mind, mm -hmm. and I know mm -hmm. many people uh, still do as well. I work as a crew member. I see um, the film industry offering up situations that have a lot of uh, flexibility, and I don't see as much ageism. I'll probably get into trouble for saying that because I know it is there, but I also see a lot of people who, if I redress them, I put them in a sweater and a synthetic pair of pants and stuff them in a rocking chair, mm -hmm. I could, they would be old. Mm -hmm. But no, they're, they're hauling cable, they're moving a C-stand, they're talking to the first AD, they're directing, they're, mm -hmm. you know, I see a lot of people, our colleagues, my colleagues are either 18 or 70 something. Wow. Uh, so in that sense, I have a little bit of a positive view. But I know that we're opening up a big discussion here. That's a, but that's an interesting perspective because uh, one of the things that Anna and I talked about in one of the podcasts is, you know, uh, after 60, uh, we aren't like, we, we age very differently. So I have met 65-year-olds that are in wheelchairs, that are hobbling. I've met 65-year-olds that are skiing and surfing. It really is how you've lived and how healthy you are. It's not like toddlers have a stage, teens have a stage, and you can kind of delineate this is what their body's going through. Uh, after 60, it's you can't lump everybody together by age. Absolutely not. We don't play ourselves the same way that our parents did. And that's sort of a saving grace in and yeah. of itself. For instance, I had recently been called in for an audition for a female role, and the age call was for the age of between 27 to 55. Mm. They're telling a story, but the industry is still really open to, you know, looking at ages. They're interested in us telling them, or us showing them, what it can look like mm -hmm. at a certain age, which I think is fabulous. They used to tell us what they wanted. Now we get to show them what it can look like. And you know, something interesting Trilby said, dress up and perception. Yeah, absolutely. You yes. know, that goes a long way because if you look young, you might be 70, but the perception. So I think society sometimes does a disservice, whether that's a film industry or any other industry, it's the perception. I find in my own case, if I don't reveal my age, I get various kinds of projects no one even considers asking me my age. Obviously, mm. I don't, I'm don't. i no spring chicken, but whereas if somehow or other someone's aware of my age, they make assumptions. So it's assumptions, perception. It's funny how that plays into. Mm -hmm. And just something, you know, I hadn't really, you know, your point, Charlene, is now you tell the industry. Is that somehow related to the Me Too movement or not? I think it's something that's been developing over time. Um, I've always been a big believer in never tell somebody something you can show them. The Me Too issue has definitely played a part in equality, but I don't know so much if it's, if it's done so much for ageism, because ageism also, and then something we haven't brought up because both Trilby and I are actors, is that it will affect directors, producers, crew, everybody in the industry gets nailed with it at some point or sometime. And like mm -hmm. you said, Anna, it's a judgment. Had they not known your age, they would not have thrown that judgment on you and you would have probably gotten that job. Yes. 
also what we're seeing is there's an energy that's um, surrounding, yes, we've had the Me Too movement, but I think there is an energy around ageism because of where we are with baby boomers. And I think the baby boomers have always been sort of the rock and roll <laughs> gang of, of, of life. I don't know. They, yeah. they, we color outside the lines. <laughs> we're, and yes. we're, we're, we're on the edge of the baby boomers. But we, Charlene and I, we're, on, we're in there. But I see, I see women ahead of us. I see men ahead of us uh, who are going, uh, no, we, you know, we're, we, we did this differently and we're not going to put on those. We're not going to take it right. Yeah. We're, we're (laughs) going to keep riding our motorbikes. We're still going to keep wearing our jeans. We're still going to listen to the rock and roll music. You know, we've got, some good musicians who are who mm. if you, you stuff Mick, Mick Jagger into a rocking chair he's an old man right but no we see him on a stage rocking out and so I think there's there is a change in how we perceive our older our older mm-hmm. generation now and there seems to be more permission for that I think do you do you think it's needs to start at the writers end because sometimes I've gone for auditions of grandmother Mm-hmm. And I've often thought, should I dye my hair? Should I just let it go gray? Would I get more work? Because especially in commercials, there's a shortcut, mm-hmm. a visual shortcut, gray hair, grandparent. Yeah. I could be a grandparent, not that I am, but and I don't want gray hair. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that when you're over 60, you need to have gray hair. But mm-hmm. am I limiting the roles by not doing that? Yes, absolutely, at the writer's uh, level, because what you're talking about is the person who is telling the story, and in telling the story, they will dictate your age, your look, everything else, and, you know, like you said, you don't want to be a grandmother with gray hair. You don't have to be. So, yes, I would put that on the writers, a little bit on the producers and the directors as well, because they make the choice, and also a little bit in casting. I have to give kudos to a gal who called me in as a wild card on a role that was supposed to be in their 80s, and she pulled me in just to show the casting directors <laughs> what a difference is. Now, I know we would have liked that to have been the other way around, me being the 80 older and, you know, being pulled in on a, you know, 50-year-old, 59-year-old. <laughs> I agree. We spoke about that, that lack of imagination that makes people fall to cliches Mm -hmm. and cliches Mm -hmm. are still hanging around but they are being pushed away and you just have to look at some of the shows that are out there and you are seeing some maybe more colorful representations of grandmothers of grandfathers of people who are aging it's funny you reminded me of a story actually when i was 32 i went in for an audition for a, a video story and it was kind of the opposite. I was ageism in a different way. The director kept saying, she's, she looks too young. She's too young for this. And I thought, oh my God, here I go again, because (laughs) I've had that end of the scale too. (laughs) And in the end, she actually did hire me. And she said, I have to accept this. She is 32. So (laughs) what am I not seeing? So by the same token, at the other end of the scale too, people are going, you're too young. Well, if this is what you look like as a grandmother, then this is true. This is real, you know? Because when I look at my friends who are in this age group, none of them look 
you know, what I would stereotype 30, 40 years ago, that age. Oh, no. So the yeah. world is changing, and mm -hmm. that's good to hear that the writers and directors and producers and, you know, that whole industry finally is waking up to it. The different versions, the different looks, you know. And I just wonder, do you see any difference being a male or female actor? It's, this is a touchy area because I think the males are going through their own challenges also with ageism. I hear it from friends who are aging and, and the different roles they go out for. But I am on set and I, and I do see what roles are being filled and mm -hmm. I do see many more roles that are male and I also see the, the more mature male getting their roles. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, they may be personally having trouble with the the aging process for themselves because they're losing their good looks or whatever, but they're also gaining a sophistication that the camera loves. You know, I still sometimes, I mean, I watch movies, and whenever there's a role for an older actor, usually his partner is someone younger. So the actress playing the role or even the storyline, she is younger. And that still oh, annoys me. Yeah, that's old Hollywood for you. <laughs> and again, that's, yeah. But again, it is still something that is changing. I mean, look at Demi Moore. True. You True. know, uh, we're seeing a lot more of that. Trilby is absolutely correct. The majority of the roles here in Vancouver will go to men between the ages of 25 up to 40. And that's simply because of what we are filming right here, right now. The, the market is and the audience is speaking to that, are the ones that are telling us that. That's the DC comic people. That's the Hallmark people. That's, you know, the young mm. men. So who can control that? The writers. That's right. <laughs> and the writers, and, and I'll say producers as well, because yes. we have to look at Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Grace wow, and, that was a great know, show, right? Yeah. yeah. And so they created that. So it is up to us to, to create. And years ago, I met a casting director from LA, New York, a, an old Hollywood casting director. Mm -hmm. And this was in 93. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, Trilby, if you like writing, write. We need more writers. We need more female writers. That's and you're right, producers. Like we need writers who are women and then people who are willing to produce women's stories from their point of view. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that can happen is if women are telling the stories, we can have characters that get to age gracefully, but the other thing that I object to is I think it's wonderful that women are not going to age to be looking like our grandmothers. However, the pressure to end up being a 70-year-old Jane Fonda, that's sort of unrealistic too. For the average person, the average that's, person. Very, that's very true. And, yes. and we want to watch, I think more and more nowadays, we've become a more sophisticated audience. And we want to watch, I, I know myself, I love watching true stories. I love watching mm. real stories. And we want to see real people now. Right? The, the, the cookie cutters, we know they're out there. Right? Yeah, it, right. Yeah. It was really wonderful to have Linda Hamilton. Yes. Come out and say that when they see her face on the screen, she wants the audience to say, oh, she's gotten old. She wants to look grizzled and aged. Oh, absolutely. That character went through a lot. Life. You know, she's life. went through life. You know, who wouldn't look grizzled? <laughs> you Sometimes, know. yeah. Yes. To me, that's exciting. 
because I think I've been fighting these crazy curly hair, which seems to be getting curlier as I get older. And I think, you know what? Maybe I'll just go with this crazy look and I'm just, I'm going to embrace it. And then yes. suddenly my posture changed whenever even I had that thought. It, it can be something that affects you on a deeper level. And then you go, yeah, I'm going to say yes to this project that I'm going to start or do and go you know I remember years ago when I was a kid when I was a kid I was just younger and and my mom said something like well I guess I'm going to be invisible soon and I thought what is she saying I'm going to be invisible soon and then she said yeah nobody will look at me and I realized she was talking about aging and that invisibility mm -hmm. was something that a lot of women especially <clears throat> women me, yeah invisibility was was what a lot of women were going to be facing. And I just remember when I heard that thinking, no freaking way am I going to be invisible. invisible. <laughs> and, and I don't think my mom has become invisible either. No. Yeah. I think there's also a benefit to if there is a little bit of invisibility, there is also the other side of that coin is freedom to let go of all these Yes. Things that we worry about as we're younger and trying to be something we're not, look like we're something we're not. And then you might be able to get your work done. Like I, work. I look at someone like a Margaret Atwood and mm -hmm. I yeah. see an elder and I see wisdom and I see power. I've always admired beautiful women, models, but now I'm at a stage where I'm admiring a woman who looks like she's lived good. At a certain point, we become very comfortable with ourselves. The warts and all, we're just out there. And maybe that's part of the answer going forward. You know, you know in embracing the beauty and changing the idea of beauty. Like you said, Margaret Atwood, I think she's beautiful. Um, all sure. of those women, they're beautiful because they're truthful. They've stayed true to themselves. Mm -hmm. And they've just forged forward. And I'm going to add something. I used to teach high school, and I think it's frightening when young girls are, you know, looking at older women who are trying to look 18 forever. Because they look and they say, you mean this is it? This is as good as I get? Mm. I have to maintain this for the rest of my life? I think if we give them role models of saying, oh, no, that's a wonderful stage, being 18 to 36, mm. that's great, enjoy it. But then there's another stage, and then there's another stage after that yet. Mm. And they're all beautiful, and, and you can transition into them. So we need more writers and more visualizations of women like that on the screen. But I think it also starts with us because it's that, it's presenting those options. Because if women, the young women today look at, oh, and I could do that 20 years out and 30 years out. So it's presenting all those opportunities and all those options, which I think while back that wasn't out there. So I'm wondering is, you know, if we look forward, is that it? Is that our advice? Is that our approach? I don't know that young people will take that advice. I think it's more advice for ourselves that we need to do. It's about what we create in our, in our time. And they'll see that action. Maybe they won't see it right away. They might see it in 40 years. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go, oh yeah, they'll see it. I don't think it's going to work if we try to convince them or tell them what's coming up and what they should do. They'll, they'll eventually observe it, but I think it's for us mm -hmm. right now. So we model it and then we live it 
I wanted to ask Charlene, do you find that you've gotten less work or the same amount of work or the same opportunities as you had 25 years ago, 30 years ago? Oh, it has definitely slowed down. Ironically, in the costume world, it's increased. It's kind of interesting because it's a buyer's market right now. People are so grateful to have me on board because I have so much experience, but I won't do a whole show because it's too hard on me physically. But it's nice to feel um, that I have some wisdom or some, some experience that offers to a set that way. And as far as performance goes, I'm switching my gears to be that person that writes and produces. You know, my own, I kind of understand what you're saying, that it starts with us. But I also think mixing generations helps. So it's not like you're teaching them, but by example, if you live amongst different generations, you somehow absorb it differently. So I'm wondering if, again, going forward, pushing that idea, you know, different roles with different age groups and just putting those different generations together more often. By all means, if we could make mm. that bit of magic happen, mm. that would definitely that help. That might help. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that goes to a little bit what I was saying that I don't think us telling them, but if we do it and then they can watch us, but if we're friends and, and they're in our community, then they are going to watch us now. I teach as well. Uh, like you, Morella, and I, and I have students who hang on and become friends. And I've got a young 20-year-old. She said to me the other day, I so just want to be like you. And I went, what are you talking about? She says, well, look at you. Like, you're doing the set, and you're also going in front of the camera. And she just went on, and I thought, oh, cool. Yeah. You know, yes, indeed. It, then maybe I'm doing something right. <laughs> you know, I'm not in my little vacuum, but and I and I think that that's let's go with what you're saying, Anna. Mm -hmm. Charlene, I want to ask you, have you ever felt pressure to get a lot of work done because you want to look younger, whether you have more auditions or less auditions? I think if I was going to do any anti-aging, it would be for myself. You have to be very, very careful in this industry not to freeze your face and not to end up with bee stung lips <laughs> because it's just too obvious. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, unless you're in the upper echelon. No. Having said that, I worked on a feature film last year where I had to be aged into my 90s and then I had to be reversed into my late 30s. I just leave it up to the makeup department. <laughs> yeah. For them to figure it out. They're good. Yeah. They're very good. I mean, look yeah. at um, the show This Is Us. There's oh, some amazing oh, yes. stuff happening with the makeup on that show. It's true. Yeah. They and the even acting. did her neck, Mandy Moore's neck. And I always watch for that because the neck is a given. The neck, right? Something like that, yeah. And for a long time, they wouldn't do that in movies. They would age people's faces and leave their necks all nice smooth. And smooth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it sounds like there's certainly room for improvement, but there's also a lot of optimism, and we're at crossroads, it seems to me. So I wonder, you know, just to more or less end this, Charlene, anything you might want to share, um, either past or, or going forward or both? I think let's just, you know, embrace what, what we are, who we are as our own individual person and love ourselves and love our fellow actor and support them, support the other people in the industry. 
um, stop allowing media and social media to sell us these ideas mm. of the fact that we have to look a certain way. What about you, Toby? Discover yourself in this new time. Acceptance and discovery of something new and not to be afraid of it, to try and squash the fear that could be behind it. Yeah. I'm really and support, supporting one another. We've forgotten how to love, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, we find great comfort in, in you know, finding fault. We see more of that in this industry than I've seen in any other industry. Pushing forward and starting with ourselves, kindness. Kindness. And, yes. and I, you know, what oh, I Oh, I love that. Yeah, kindness. it's being kind. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's, you know, age, not age-specific and just yes. modeling that. And I think what I heard was getting in there, engaging, and showing, you know, being yourself. And yeah. that might go a long way. Well, I'm really glad to have met you, Charlene and Trilby. Thank you, ladies. Thank you very much. Oh. So, Mirella and Anna signing off for Autumn and Winter podcast.